Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. We are live in Big Up Studios today. I'm super excited. We've got some Colorado royalty in the house. V. Jake Plummer, he doesn't need much of an introduction, but 10 years in the NFL, entrepreneur, father, husband, Colorado enthusiast, uh, and just an advocate, I think, for kindness and human health and wellness in general. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Yeah, thank you, Kristen. <laughs> That's a nice intro. Uh, it's nice to be here. Very yeah. nice studio. I'm excited to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, I, I love this. You're such a great uh, ambassador, knowingly or unknowingly, of Turmeric and Tequila because you're this awesome juxtaposition of fierce competitor, athlete, and yet all the research that I've done on you thus far is like you're super into human kindness and taking care of people and a really kind, open heart, mind, and um, intentionality around really helping people. Yeah. It's been a fun journey to get to this point in my life. Uh, you know, you'd say, you know, hyper competitive athlete. I used to be hyper competitive and that was something that definitely changed. That was just an awareness of mine of being hyper competitive and being able to be okay with just the, the, whatever I'm doing, having fun and enjoying it, you know, instead of making it all about winning and losing, which it, the industry I came from in the NFL, it's so, you know, winning and losing, you look at how just this year with the Broncos, how it's gone, like everyone's jumping ship, talking, tanking for the draft to now like, oh, the hottest team in the NFL, five in a row. And then they lost. And now they're like, oh, yeah, they're bad. It's just so such a weird cycle to be on that win loss thing. And I lived enough of that that now I really just try to enjoy what I'm doing, whether it's pickleball, handball, uh, anything else competitive, you know, like playing games. It's more just for the fun of it. Yeah. Get back to that joy. Yeah. Do you, before we dive in, do you have any hot takes on the Broncos right now? Um, they're, I, I love that they stuck together as a team. That shows me a lot about the leadership, which I think they've lacked yeah. considerably in the last three or four years of seeing games, going to games, feeling no passion mm -hmm. being at a game. And it's just like, where's your leaders? Where's the guy that's an igniter and a tone setter. And I feel that Russell has made a big step this year to kind of get back to being that guy. And, and what, however he does it, I don't know him well enough or I don't sit with him or I'm not, not observing him as a leader. You just know that when your quarterback is, is doing the things that he needs to do, setting the example, being there, being up in front of everything that everybody follows that. And yeah. he's a great quarterback. I mean, he's so fun to watch. So I know that like, the early failure, the early struggles were a new system. It happens. And now that they're kind of coming together and churning and getting it going, I mean, there's a few games they barely lost. They could real easily be right in the hunt of like playing for the division. So I hope they continue to win because I think they're gelling and becoming a team that trusts and, and knows each other. And regardless of anybody outside of them, they really could care less. They're all about themselves. And that's really how I operated when I was playing. Well, I feel like it's got to be that way. I mean, you just yeah. don't, everyone's got commentary and opinions and there's, we were just talking about extraordinary pressure because it's also a, a massive business. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you got to keep it tight and you got to keep it. In it's the funny because like guys are always like, oh man, I'm, you know, we went out there and we did it for the fans. And it's like, that's such bullshit. It's so <laughs> You heard it here. Yeah. It's so like, you're not, I'd never once went out there and was like, I got to make this throw for the fans. It's like, hell no, man. I'm making the throw because that's my duty and my team expects me to. And then we win and the fans enjoy it. Yeah. But I'm not going out there motivated by my fans. I have an intrinsic motivation to be the best I can be. And it's for the guy next to me 
And it's the linemen in front of me that are, you know, possibly getting CTE just to protect me from a blitzing safety, you know? So those are the guys that you really play for, which is why, you know, you don't let that affect you. And that's why I like this team. They, the fans were, you know, just bad mouthing everybody early on. And now, you know, they, they, they shut that all out and they bonded, Yeah, which is just, it's a great time to do it. Absolutely. Well, it's such a good metaphor for life. I'm such an advocate for life skills through sports, especially for our young people. But the higher you get, you know, like you said, it's a bigger business and the tighter it's got to stay. And the reality is in your life, like no one really knows what's going on unless it's you or within your family. And the outside always has an opinion mm. and you can do things that, that appeases the outside, which matters. Like you want the fans happy. That's part of it. Yeah. But the reality is if you're doing your job, you've got to keep that little environment tight and protect yourself to do the job to make the fans happy. Yeah. And I think that's what the difference I, I, I hear things, you know, I'm not in the building every day, but I hear things of how the Russell's first year went and how this year is going. I feel like, you know, as a quarterback, you have to embody being the guy in all aspects of that organization. You got to go out into the public. You got to go speak to the kids. You got to stand up in front of the podium. When you lose, you got to take a lot of that on yourself and teams will fire a coach and a GM and keep the quarterback. So you're basically number two behind the owner of the team as importance. And so when you're in touch with your players, just like in the world, when you're in touch with your community and you're there for them and you understand why I'm having a bad day, you don't come have to come ask. You know that I had to put down my dog yeah. of 12 years. You don't need to come ask me. Maybe you just, you, you know me well enough to know that that went through my life. So that I had to deal with that. So you maybe don't jump me on and practice and get that. Like coaches don't care. They're going to jump you no matter what. Right. But as a player and as a teammate, you know, being a leader as a quarterback, you've got to have a pulse with your whole team. Yeah. And I'd come into the facility every day and I'd start, I'd go down the defensive side of the D lineman and, and give each other, everybody a five and say, how you doing today? Like you ready to get after it? And like, I tried to be with them because I'm so much not as the quarterback and the focal point. But I have to be with them. They have to know that I'm down dirty getting into it with them and that I love them just as much as they love me. And that's when good things happen because they got your back. Yeah. When I go out and throw two picks in the first half, they don't jump ship. They're like, we got you, Snake. We're going to come through. Right. Keep doing your thing. We'll get you the ball back. You know, and that you can't just have that. You have to earn that and you have to build that through awareness and being a, a human. <laughs> Amen. That's what it is. It's the whole human approach. And that's kind of what Tim Rickettiel is, the juxtaposition of being all things, but leaning into that side that is, that's good and intentional and then messy and, and not perfect and understanding there were all this, but having compassion for both those sides. So when people, when you look at them as a human, they look at you as a human. And then that builds that trust and that foundation of consistently showing up. But it does start with intentional leadership. Totally. I mean, look at who's played here. I mean, Peyton Manning. Yeah. The guy was above everybody. I mean, on such a pedestal. And so as a teammate, I don't know, I don't know how he was exactly, but I know what kind of human he is. He's a really good person. He sends back handwritten notes to people and like, this guy is, is truly a good human. So, you know, his teammates, whether he's so high up here and it's hard to relate with him and he's got his own entourage, he's still part of that team and demanding that everybody raise their level, you know? And so however you do it, you know, a lot of guys have their own styles. Mine was to, you know, I wasn't ever perfect, but I played my ass off and I worked hard and I ran hard in workouts on Fridays when everybody wanted to fly to Vegas or get out of town. I just led by example because I wanted it. I wanted it bad. I wanted to win. I wanted to win a Super Bowl. I wanted to just feel what it'd be like to be the best during one year, not of all time, but just one year. Like we were the best. God, it's such a short window too to like <laughs> execute. So and, and but that's what makes it so magical. And like those competitive experiences, like it could happen or it could not. Like you just don't know and you just have to give it what you got and 
and enjoy it right there because, you know, we get older and time moves on and like your, your window of uh, time in the sun is very, very brief. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could say that that time in the sun being right. such a well-known, you know, uh, person people talk about. You're in the newspapers, you're on commercials, you're doing all this stuff. But, you know, I were I think more of like when they're done with that, how do how do players react and, and, and assimilate into the normal lives? Yeah. A lot of them go right into the booth so they can still have that camera on them and they can still have a voice and they can still, you know, matter by what they're saying. But all they're saying is you got to tackle and you got to rush and you got to make that hit play. They're not really changing the world with their with what they're doing. Hopefully outside of that, they're good humans. Right. Some of them are usually the ones on you know, these, these stations for a long time know how to treat people, right? Or else they wouldn't be around. Um, but yeah, you know, how do they come back and find a way to still have camaraderie, community? Um, it's hard to trust people when you're a, a famous person. You know, you, you always question someone's motives because all of us, no matter who, have, have been used or taken advantage of for purposes other than just being a good person and a good human. So totally. it's a learning process and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. And what it taught me, what I did. It flew by so fast, 10 years done. I've been out of the league now 17 years. Oh, and so, man. Okay. Yeah, it's been a long that's, time. That's crazy. Well, yeah. so I always like to ask on Tumor Taylor before we get into like the business and the stuff now, the time in the sun now, uh, tell me about like young Jake because I think who we are <laughs> as a young person is like who we are and then we lose it, you know, teens, 20s, 30s and then we the light flicks back on and we kind of get back to that original South. But like, tell me about you as a kiddo. Yeah, I mean, I was raised by a very loving family. Um, my mom and her her side of her family was really close with my cousins. Um, my grandma, who lived close to us, I was raised just about across the street from her from the third grade on. Um, you know, good, good parents. My mom and dad separated when I was in the third grade. Uh, that was tough, but I had two older brothers, and they were they were the most massive sports fans in the world. Like okay. my brothers still know the starting lineup for the 86 Orioles. Oh, like what the hell does that know? I don't know what that serves them for, but they just, they're sports fans. They have been. So I automatically, you know, rolled right into that. I love sports. I love to compete because I was always trying to, to hang with them and even compete with them. So I got to be pretty hyper competitive to a point of doing things I wasn't proud of on the, on the field or on the court or whatever. That was just my nature, very passionate, fiery, uh, out there trying to, trying to win. And, but I had a great upbringing, was always provided for, um, never knew what I was going to really follow or go do as a youngster. I had a dream to play in the NFL and win okay. a Super Bowl. Okay. And I wrote a paper in the second grade saying that, you know, I was going to be a starting receiver or running back for the Oakland Raiders and win a Super Bowl. Okay. Um, Boo to the Raiders, but yeah, I'm a Bronco fan, I got it. <laughs> okay. So it, were your brothers in um, competitive? Like, do they do college? Um, one brother went to Brown University, ran track. Okay. Um, he was real close to qualifying for the indoor worlds in the oh. 800. He was really, really fast. Okay. He had a bad knee injury. My brother, other brother, Eric, the middle one, he played competitive handball in college. Cool. An amazing athlete. Could have yeah. played college football, but was just like, nah, I don't want to be, I don't want that to be my whole life. And so they're all extremely good at hand-eye coordination sports like ping pong and tennis and pickleball. Like they, they're, they're still hyper competitive. Uh, great, great though. They always involved me. And, you know, when I couldn't get on a team, they'd come and I'd be on their team and I'd get my chance to do what I could do. So okay. uh, they, they were always great humblers of me. Like they would humble me if I ever got floating a little too high on the field good. or thought I was bigger than I should be. They would always be there to bring me back down to earth. So yeah, a lot, really great family. Uh, my biggest supporters, 
they were there, you know, as much as they could at the games. They watched them all. Yeah. They loved it. You know, they were they're, they got my cards. We were collecting cards when we were kids, and now I got a football card. I mean, I, their little brother was on the field doing what they, they, I don't know if they dreamed of doing that, but they loved it. You know, they still watch as many games as they can now. And so it was a really, really fun time. Um, grateful for all those experiences. And, you know, they miss it. They miss that I'm not playing. I'm They're sure. Like, I can't play forever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I could have played longer. You know, I could have kept going, but I was done. I was ready after 10. I was ready to go and do something else. When you were a kiddo, were you like, were you a nature seeker, like a risk taker? Like, were you running in the forest? Like, yeah, our kid, my, my dad had a great job and ended up quitting that. Move, we moved up to Smiley Creek in the Sawtooth Mountains okay. when I was four years old. And my mom taught first through sixth grade at Stanley Elementary. Oh, wow. So she'd get on the bus with my brothers and drive for like 35, 40 minutes to Stanley and teach first through sixth grade. And I stayed home with my dad and was running around in the woods uh, around Smiley Creek and Little Creek and playing and having fun. And then I went to uh, school the next year at five years old and actually took first grade because there was another first grader and my mom was just going to teach us both the same. And then we moved back to Boise the year after that. So I got a good introduction into nature and being out in the wilderness and, and enjoying that. Uh, of course, I went away from that for a while and what my demands were, but Always found myself back in the Sawtooth Mountains, backpacking in the summer with my brothers and family. Uh, you know, living here is amazing because there's so many offerings for nature to get just 30 minutes driving the car, get out and just hike up a hill and you're in the middle of beauty. And so I, under, I understand it and really appreciate it uh, with my lifestyle and being busy. I, I, you know, I wish I had more time to go to nature, but that's kind of what I'm working towards with all my entrepreneurial things is to free myself up to, to really go enjoy that and let, let that be part of what drives me and continues to help me on my evolution. I hear that. Well, you know, we're, I think we're close in age. I graduated, graduated high school in 99. Okay. Um, and at the time there wasn't really a lot of conversation around mental health, even physical health. I look back, I was a D1 athlete and it was like, I, I looked at our package, like don't eat McDonald's, like work out twice a week. Like there really wasn't uh. intense, you know, like <laughs> nutritional guidance. At what point did you start to like really be intentional about um, your nutrition and your mental health? Like were these conscious conversations in your college years or even high school years? Um, you know, my mom was pretty holistic growing okay. up. We uh, would take garlic and honey if we had a cold coming on and echinacea and she fed us tofu. Uh, we were not vegetarian, but we didn't eat a whole lot of meat. My grandmother was a vegetarian, an old Seventh-day Adventist, you know, from the beginning there. She, she was way ahead of her time. But my mom was very into health and taught us, you know, to be aware of what we put in our bodies um, she never told us, you know, don't do this, don't do that. She just made us aware of there are other options and other ways to serve your body with, with nature and with natural stuff. So that, that, my aunt, my, you know, they were all into gardening and my aunt still makes a teacher, a tincture, my aunt Sue, that's like a, a wellness tonic with, okay. you know, uh, soaking alcohol, you know, uh, echinacea, habanero peppers and all these good little herbs and st stuff to make a concoction that helps. Just you're ever giving your giving your body, you know, plants to feel yeah. better. So I've always known about that stuff, um, and also grew up in a family that had relatives from San Francisco. So we, you know, we knew about other things too that you know now are legal here, like marijuana. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like I knew about marijuana. It wasn't like 
I believed in, you know, here's your brain on drugs. Like some drugs, yeah, your <laughs> egg's going to be sizzling <laughs> in the pan, but not marijuana. I've watched my friends and some family that are like totally functioning and having high level conversations while they are passing around a joint, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I knew from just my upbringing, being in an open-minded family that, that was exploring other options rather than just go to the doctor and take a pill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so grateful for that with my mom and, and into athletics, you know, I, I was stupid. I drank after games. College is college. And even in the pros, you know, but I, I was pretty cognizant of the food. I didn't eat a lot of fast food. Of okay. course I would, if I was in a hurry and needed food. Uh, but yeah, I didn't do much other than work out and see the trainers. And I had a great trainer in Phoenix, Brett Fisher, who now is with the lions was with the Cardinals for a while. And he really taught me about you know, when you're working out, taking, drinking the right supplements or like taking protein shakes and, okay. and taking care of your body, you know, putting good food back into it. And, but I already, I already knew that, you know, I already knew it was, was important. Say, you, grew, you were definitely ahead of the game. I mean, like as eighties babies and nineties kids, like just really wasn't a ton of conversation. Um, but I see now what our kiddos get exposed to and they, they're conscious consumers. Like they yeah. really know how to read the details. <laughs> My kids and, read labels. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Dad, this has palm oil and it's got 26 grams of added sugar. Yeah. Like, Good, I it's got you. We had to like get our education in between. And I always say like our practitioners and shout out to Sean. This is how we got connected. Yeah. Sean's ahead of the game. Um, Dr. Sean Burkhart, he was on a couple casts ago. So you want to know, go check that out. Uh, he's doing big things around brain health, mental yeah. health. But I always tell my practitioners, they've got, not only are they helping our bodies, but they've got that 20 to 30 minutes or even 15 minutes for Cairo where they have like almost face-to-face -face interaction with the people they're treating. And in this day and age, we don't have a lot of that, but it's yeah. huge educational time of that one-on-one -on -one time where you can really pick someone's brain and get a lot of intel from a really qualified human to add to your life. Yeah. You kind of knew because of your family, but that practitioner could come to you or your trainer and say, this, this, and this, like, man, you're getting a load of intel while you're getting worked on. Like, Big time. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I was blessed to have Dr. Nelson Batanzi, a Colorado chiropractor here okay. that worked with the Broncos. Still to this day, I've never found anybody that could do to my body what he did. And he did it to like half of the Broncos team was seeing him when, you know, when we almost made it to the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, a guy who just could watch you, see you and understand yeah. what was wrong with you and fix it, or at least give you a way to get better. And yeah. so I've always been in search of those people like Sean. Sean's great because he really, he, he, he drops in with you. He figures out what's going on and he tries to address it and he gives you things to work on. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, that's one thing hard going from being a professional player where you have hot tub and a trainer for massage <laughs> and a chiropractor and a nutritionist all right there. The and then you, then you get out and you're like, wait, I got to make three different appointments to get a massage and a chiropractic adjustment. And, oh man. So this finding good people can be really hard. Uh, but when you find them and they really care, it's like Sean, it's awesome. Yeah. He connected us because he's like, yo, Kristen does same things. You guys are kind of in the same thing. Like, yeah. yeah. You got to talk to her and do this stuff. So, and that's really what I've learned through all of this is like, if you're doing the right thing and you're in, you have good, good thought and good intention behind what you're doing, the people will show up. People Absolutely. will, the connections will be made. And getting into, you know, what I'm into now with the mushrooms and the, I believe in the mycelium underneath this, that it's such a connectivity of all things, nature, that once you get into it, you just open yourself up above ground now. And the people just keep 
I just keep getting connected with good, awesome people. That's, oh, I mean, I always say the vibe attracts the tribe. And it's like, yeah. and friends of yeah. friend is the best thing ever because it like streamlines the whole process of like, oh, we, we have this in common and this is what you see the world and this is your yeah. intention and you're aware of this. And like, you can just have, you can go from A to C way faster than A to B with just like a normal like, connection. Yeah, there's so trust cool. there. There's trust yeah. there, you know, and that's yeah. what, you know, I feel like through my career and what I did to gain the respect and to come out of this is just that trust there with when I, when I want to bring something to some guys and like, they know my intention. It's never been to, what can I do to help me? It's like, what can I do to help you? Because when I help you, it helps me totally. as a quarterback. Like if you're doing better and you're playing the best you can, I'm going to, it automatically makes me look better. So in life, it's the same thing. You yeah. know, if we can bring each other the right things and share knowledge and be there for each other and that's one thing that really is hard out of the game is that community that you can trust. Totally. And it's taken me a long time to build that. Yeah. I mean, I have old friends and friends from before I played, but afterwards it's not easy. You know, you just wonder what people's intentions are and, you know, but when you can find those people and those, those connections, it really makes life better. Yeah. There, there really are a lot of good people doing a lot oh, yeah. of good things that really care that don't have an agenda or even if they do, they're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I mean, there's a good humans. You do do. You got to sift through. I feel like it's kind of like a coal sale or something like that. Yeah. You got to really find. I don't think I've ever been to coal. You got to flow through the yeah. whole rack. Like, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> yes. At a thrift store, you know, the thrift, store, the thrift stores go. are the same way. Like, go. oh no, no. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did you grow up like religious, spiritual? Like, was this part of your early exposure? My grandma was a Seventh Day Adventist, and so okay. we went to church with her okay. until I started playing Optimus football, which got me out of church. Or I'd go to church and be able to leave early. My <laughs> brothers were pissed because uh, they all had to go to church. But it was good to have that that upbringing of just the golden rule and how to treat people, and you know, to to understand who Jesus was and what his legacy is. Is like you know how to turn the other cheek, how to always just be doing your best and to, to affect people positively. And I think that was good, but I had my own feelings about, you know, when Jesus was going to come again and my grandma kept saying this and about eight years old, I'm like, where's this cat? You know, like <laughs> he ain't showing up. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but I, but I was raised to understand that how to treat people right. My, my grandma was very kind and always helping people and her intentions were to help you if, if she thought you needed it. And so I was, Brought up in that same regard. My mom is a very benevolent human who is always giving so much of herself that I actually have to like, mom, no, you're flying down here to see me. Yeah. And I'm going to have you get spas and get a yeah. massage and we're going to hang out and you're going to turn the TV off, stop reading the news, all that stuff, you know? And so, yeah, I, I was not really super religious, but uh, definitely some spirituality. My mom was, uh, you know, went through a phase where she did a lot of like past life transgressions and, Okay. Um, like intuitive, like intuitives with like a friend, things? with a friend of hers, like went and did like a lot of meditation stuff and a lot of, uh, things to just kind of go back through her past and figure out even, you know, you know, where she's at in her life. We had a pyramid in our living room so we could go sit under that and okay. crystals and, and not, not, nothing real crazy, but definitely, uh, you know, raised spiritually. And my mom, you know, uh, Esther Hicks oh, yeah. and Abraham is yeah. one that she would always, I remember telling her, she'd be like, well, you know, Abraham says this. I'm like, Abraham Lincoln said that, mom? She's like, <laughs> so knock there's, it there's off. There's a few Abrahams, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. So, you know, she she um, she believes in that. You know, she she lived in that kind of enlightened state and, and seeking answers. And she still does, uh, which put us on, put me on the right path. And so, yeah, I have a lot of credit goes to my family to have taught me to be, one, just open-minded to, yeah. to what's out there. Yeah. Not have any hard line you know, 
dogmas that I live by other than, you know, it comes full circle. Yeah. What you put out comes right back. Yeah. It's, that's a fact. Do you think it took you time? Because when you get into these high competitive situations, even as a collegiate athlete, especially in your level and that level of exposure as a young human with minimal life tools, do you feel like you got away from your authentic self for a while and then you found that more when you got done playing football? That's a great question. Uh, it Maybe not away from who I really was and my authentic self, but just having to sometimes feel the pressure of needing to be somebody else or needing to be something that I had to just take on and embody. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I mean, I was Jake the snake, you know, playing football. My old teammates call me the snake, but my friends now, they don't call me the snake. They know me <laughs> as Jake yeah. or as Jason, my real name, yeah. Jason. So um, I almost lived in like two different parallels where I was this alter ego quarterback, you know, face of the organization and everybody's assumptions of what that was like. Oh man, at ASU, you must have just done this. I'm like, not really. I mean, I hardly went out. I yeah. studied hard. I wanted to win a national championship and get an education. Like, I wasn't there to chase women and right. do drugs. Right. I was there to play football and see where that could take me, but also get an education. So, you know, there's a lot of assumptions that are made. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I, I strayed down some paths that I wasn't proud of or was influenced by others to be in a, in a, in maybe some ways of life or whether that's with dressing a certain way or needing to have a certain car or be caught up in that societal pressure that, that just gets ramped up when you're in that limelight. Yeah. Uh, but now I've come to be who I come back to my real roots of who I am. And, uh, you know, I've always been that, Yeah. but I had to also be somebody else. A lot of times, I mean, for example, we play in the AFC championship game. Our weeks were the same leading up to that week. Yeah. Now on Thursday, which is my biggest day to like watch film and to study, and I'm not leaving the facility till seven, eight o'clock at night. I'm there almost all day. Now we have to get on a bus and come down here and talk to the, the media. I was pissed off. Yeah. It's like, this is, this sucks. Yeah. You're taking away from my time that I need to prepare for the biggest game of my life so far. And now I got to go down here and answer questions by all these former players who know what I'm going through and I got to bring a suit. Yeah. F you, I'm bring, I'm not doing anything. I went down there in a brown button up gap shirt and was like, I got up and said, can we make this quick? I got to study. Yeah. You know, I, I want to get out of here. This is, this sucks. I'm yeah. all playing for the man now. I'm not playing for my team. So, but that, that set me apart too, because my guys respected me. You know, they knew that I wanted to win and it, it was the most important thing on my on, on my agenda and I'm not out doing other things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a, an alter ego life. You know, my wife, when we were dating, she's like, wow, you're like a completely different person yeah. when we come home as when we're out and about. And, and that's okay. I learned how to, how to interact with people. And the beautiful thing I learned, the most important thing is like what I hold in my hand when I go and like interact with people when I was playing. And even now, like that little bit of time you can give someone an authentic, genuine, hello, how are you? Yeah. yeah. Right on. Where are you from? And I tell my story and they're like, wow, man, you're really cool. I didn't expect that. I'm like, well, you think I was a dick and did what I did? Like my teammates liked me because I was, I was myself. Yeah. I wasn't somebody else. And so, um, yeah, it's really, it's a learning process to, to come out of that and become okay with who you really are within my back pocket. I know I have superpowers and I was like one of the best in the world. Yeah. But that's not, I don't brag about that, but I know that 
if I set my mind to something, watch out. Yeah. If I get the right people That's around so, me, yeah. watch out. Serious. Like it's going to happen. Like yes. I know where I'm going and where it's going to happen because they keep showing up. And if they believe, it's just like a game. Yeah. We're down by 21. You guys want to throw in the towel? We're going to win this thing. Get off the bench. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do this. And so it's the same thing in life. Like you got to believe in what you're doing. If you don't have the 100% belief, that thought is, can be damaging. Well, and you, like you said, you got to get your people around you. The reason I asked you that intentionally is because you see our young humans now in college, they can monetize their likeness. Crazy. So all this business that you experienced as an older human, they're getting it like 17, 18 years old. The recruiting starts That's earlier. <laughs> like I'm here for them getting paid, but man, the business side, like it just becomes so much less pure so early. And you even saw all the, um, players that dropped off from CU this year that, you know, to uh, resign. I can't remember what it's called, but long story to short. go you, to the portal or to like go to the draft? To, um, no, they were going to play for Dion and then like two top recruits and then they um, unsigned. Yeah. I can't think of the right word. It's something simple. But would you have any good advice for them? Because you were a little bit older, had to transition and manage the business with the passion because your passion becomes a business and man. that I experienced that, but not on that level. And it was really, really hard for me. Well, it's hard because like, the game for me was never about how much money I could make. Right. I wanted to go be the be the best. Like I said, for one year, if I could win a Super Bowl, that was it. I, I was going to retire in 2005. Okay. I was done. We were, I had plans to have the MVP trophy, Super Bowl champs, thank everybody in my life because they would have all been watching. Yeah. Say, thank you. Goodbye. But we didn't make it to the Super Bowl, so I came back for one more year. So, you know, I never played for that contract. I never wanted the millions of dollars. I mean, yeah. of course, I knew it would happen. And it's great that it did. I have financial freedom. And I've helped a ton of people in life. I've helped a lot of people. Um, also have enabled some people, which yeah. is not a great thing. But, um, you know, being able to, to have that and, to, and to, to, to understand that is really important as you pursue what's next in life. Do you have good words for these kids that are getting that amount of money or... You know, you got Instagram. I don't now. know. There's big dollars coming at you. It's young hard youth. because my motivation was to play in the league to be the best. It wasn't to make money. Now, what is their motivation to go to CU over ASU? Because yeah. they can get 150,000 or, or, oh, well, ASU is only going to give me 50 grand. Yeah. But what if that's where you're supposed to go? Yet money's now changing your whole mindset from going there. Like we're on this path and we make decisions. And I don't know, you know, what people out there think, but like, is there a parallel universe where you go right, but the other person goes left? And what happens if you would have gone left? How many of those decisions in your life do you make and get a chance to make a, a lot? Yeah. I decided to go to ASU. It wasn't for any other reason. It wasn't to go to the desert, to the number one party school in the country. And because their colors were great and the sun devil. It was because Bruce Snyder said, I think if you come to this team and this, this program, you're a missing part of a national championship caliber team. Whoa. You're the only person that said that we were a play. We were seconds away from being national champs because yeah. I put my mind to that. I didn't leave after the first year. I didn't leave after going three and eight my sophomore year because yeah. it sucked. I was going to quit football. My mom said, no, you shouldn't keep doing it. Yeah. They'll, they'll buy in. You just keep being you. Well, that senior year, we went 11 and one. We almost won a national title because I believed and I didn't let anybody else come along with me that didn't believe also. So when you're not believing, but you're looking for like, how can this serve me? How can I make more money? Oh, CU doesn't like me. I'm going to go play for, you know, whatever. Yeah. My, Some my other sister, school. I, how, can, how can you really put your effort into it? 
How can yeah. you put 100% into what you're doing when if it doesn't go right, you can just jump ship and go somewhere else or you're going to go for the money? Like, where's your motivation then? Because, you know, money was part of like, I can buy my mom a car. Sure. I bought my mom a car on Christmas after my rookie year. That's awesome. I bought her a car. In fact, she went and traded it in for a Land Cruiser. I bought her a Forerunner. She bought a Land Cruiser <laughs> and it saved her life just a couple of years ago in a crash. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's and so like, powerful. Like, I... I knew the money would come, but it wasn't my motivation. I wanted to win a Super Bowl. So like when you give these kids money early, are the workouts really that important anymore? Or you got the nice shoes on now and now you can go out, go out and take your girl on a good date or you can go do this or that because you got money now. Now you got the money to go do the things I couldn't do in college. I went back to my dorm room. Right. Cup of noodles, and, man. Yeah. I lived it's on real. rice and beans. Yep. <laughs> and it was hype time when grand, when moms came down and stocked our refrigerator, right, you, you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I, my thing is even isn't the young human, because I think our kids are intrinsically motivated. I think like, you know, our varsity mission-driven kids, they're there early on. I coached for 25 years my whole life. And you can see it. You can tell which ones really want it and which ones are just enjoying it. Either side is fine. My concern now is the human. You got managers earlier. You got companies coming at you. And you got a lot of people in your you're telling you what to do and you're so young and you're so vulnerable and there's so much you don't know. I'm here for you to get paid because I don't think it needs to go to the schools anymore. Yeah. But man, it's just a tricky, it's a tricky thing. Yeah. And, and you don't know who to trust. Yeah. And there's people out there trying to make a dollar on yeah. you. And it's just, yeah, it even happens to pros where, you know, they Absolutely. lose a lot of money because a financial guy gets you to sign a power of attorney. And thank God my mom was sitting next to me when I signed with a financial guy and he signed, the, he's like, sign this too. And my mom's like, let me see these. She's like, we're going to look at these. And then she's like, power of attorney. No, no, no. You don't want to give somebody power of attorney. That means they can do whatever they want with your money. Yeah. So, you know, having good people, my mom, thank you, mom. Cause yeah. who knows ends up that guy did take some money from guys and cost some people. I know a lot of money. So yeah, it's, I, I, I think athletes should be compensated yeah. in some way, sure. but I don't know if I like the way it's going now because a person like Dion that can have such a influence with his brand can bring in so much more to see you mm -hmm. than a guy like our coach at ASU who is not Dion. He's not prime time. He's just a guy who never played the game, but he knows it really well. And he's yeah. a great coach. Who, where are you going to go when you can come here to see you and have prime pumping you on his social I mean, you're turning the game into more now of like a, a stage and an acting job. And, business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's what's your the motivation? Gram. I mean, it, I think kids nowadays too have seen like sports. They're such a driver of our society and our culture here. But I think a lot of kids are going, I don't know. You know, like, yeah. I want to just play the game. I don't really care if I'm Super Bowl champ or national champ. I just like playing basketball. That's like my niche. She's like, I just really like playing basketball. I'm like, oh, Hazel, you're the best. <laughs> She's like, I really do. How do you do that? Yeah. Do you, do you get mad when you lose? She's like, yeah, for a little bit. And then I go out with my friends and we, we have fun. And like, oh, yes. Maintain that as long yes. as you can. As long as it can yes. be there. So, yeah. And our youth, you know, where their motivation is, I don't I don't know. You know, there's so much at their fingertips now. Yeah. Uh, it's a different so world. So much distraction. So many. How are you with social media and your, your tiny humans, your kiddos? Our kids, my 13-year-old doesn't have a cell phone. Okay. Um, they have devices, but nowadays they're on Duolingo constantly. They just love the learning Spanish and okay. hitting their, their points and XP points oh, so and moving good. up I, to yeah, the Bronze to League. And yeah, yeah. So now, you know, they use their devices a little bit. They do their things on them, but they're not, they're not on them all the time. And so me personally, I have a phone and, you know, or a computer in my pocket that I can call people once in a while. Yeah. I mostly use it for text and emails and communication. Uh, but 
I don't do a lot of social posting. I'll go on and repost our Gitumbo stuff, or I'll go on once in a while and throw something out there. But I've got someone with, with Umbo that's creating all that content. Because for me, a phone is so easy, can so easily take you out of, a mo- out of the moment. Yeah. And you see it all the time. If you went and just observed at a restaurant, you could see someone who's, they're, they're very intimate and they're together and then their phone lights up and you can see the person like yeah. completely dis- disengage and be like, trying to, oh, someone's reaching me and I don't, uh, I got to go there. And it's like, it just takes you out. Of, it's just a constant interruption. It so controls you. I'm in, a, I, I, I say this a lot, but I know in time it will happen where I can just put it away. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm good. Cause there's only, there's really three people, four, maybe four or five people in my life that I definitely wanted to have them be able to get a hold of me. Yeah. My wife, my mom, my kids. Yeah. Then basically anybody else can get a hold of me through them, but then <laughs> I want them to be straight to me. Yeah. Um, and Dell, my best buddy, Dell Jolly with Dumbo, you know, I mean, but really I, I don't want it to be this distraction anymore. Um, I've noticed my eyes get tired quicker. I've, that's I think, funny. I think our eyes are failing us with these screens. I completely agree. Completely Andrew Huberman agree. did a podcast with these kids holding them the screen so close that okay. they're giving themselves, uh, I think it's called this dystopia or something where it's, nearsightedness. Oh. So you have trouble focusing at long range because all your focus is on this sh- right here. Yeah. And then you're not training your eyes to see distance. Okay. That makes complete sense. So like, yeah. I was going to actually ask Sean about that because I'm like, and he does a bunch of right eye stuff for brain testing. I like to stay on the trends that he's And posture it, too. Think, look at people yeah. on their phones. They're like, yeah. like are we going to, yeah. in 25 years, are we going to have this society that couldn't get off their phones that are hunchbacked with Big, huge thumbs. Yeah. And so there's selfie elbow or selfie wrist or something. <laughs> selfie wrist. I'm not even kidding you. There's like Hoda Kotb had it. She's like, oh, yeah, my wrist a, is sore. There's a doctor in Boulder God. giving out prescriptions for selfie wrists. Oh, my. No, what, I'm what's just the, I was like, what's the I'm prescription? More mushrooms. I don't know. There, you know, this whole, our, our, we want a quick fix. We want quick access. Oh, we want I everything. Know. But sometimes you got to realize it takes time. Like, yeah. you know, consistency over time equals results, whatever yes. you're doing, you know, and that, that could be your daily habits or just working out or eating well or whatever it is. And so, yeah, quick access, quick fixes. It, it's really, I, I don't worry about our youth because I believe they're more open-minded. 100%. Um, they're more open to the world because of these things. Mm-hmm. They see people going through the pain they're going through mm-hmm. with the war and the pa- Palestines, all that stuff going on. Like, they see that. They can look that up and see that turmoil and that yeah. trauma and that sadness there. So they, they're very aware of everything out there, which I believe will, will helpfully, hopefully help them become a little more um, open-minded adults to like yeah. realize that nothing is impossible. Right. Let's, fix, let's do this. Like yeah. if we can give them the tools, the next generation is going to be the one that really influences what we, how we treat mother earth to make it sustainable for future generations. Oh, and I have a lot of faith. That's in why them. we're here. Yeah. I have a I, ton I, of faith I'm totally with you. I, I think the upside of social media is you have accessibility. You can see in an interact with different cultures, different perspectives, different everything. And then on the flip side, you're exposed to all the garbage too. And yeah. all the ills of our world. There's and, mad inspiration on, on yeah, social media. Yeah. If you really go to the right places, but there's also just, it's a lot of garbage. Yeah. But, you know, I'll ooh. do something and get a bunch of people spitting poison at me and i'm just like 
Oh, what are you doing this Everyone's, for? <laughs> some people have a lot help. of time too. And, and, you know, hurt people, hurt people, yeah. age old saying, and it's true. Like if, you know, they're damaged and things are going on, they're going to go, like you said, spew that back out to other people. So you really got to have a filter and you got to have a thick skin nowadays to put it out there. I, I think I told you, I, I do a lot with um, brand ambassadors, influencers before yeah. it was even a thing because most of the companies I work with, was working with were startups. So they didn't have budgets. So we'd go with key voices. Influencers take off and I'm like, this is great. And you got to find the right humans speaking the right way that are yeah. really intentional and aware and get it because I believe in the power word of mouth. However, you got to do that big filter process of finding the right people and not just the naked ones on Instagram that have millions of followers because yeah. they're good looking or something really simple. And and they may have 500,000 followers. Right. But how many of them listen to them? Right, you know? right. They're basically Do 10,000 of them yeah. maybe give, give two cents about what the person's <laughs> saying or do ha half of them really believe in what that person's putting out there because it's good content. Exactly. So yeah, you got to be real careful. And that's what we're venturing into with Umbo is trying to, to, to pursue influencers, the right ones. I mean, even with investors, Yeah. we've had, oh, we've yeah. had investors that want to give us money and it's like, you know, I don't think you're the right fit for us. Like I, this is not to profit here. This is to bring this to the people. Yeah. Like, yes, we're going to make money. Oh, Jake, how do you say that? You're, you're a capitalist. You have a company. Well, yeah, we're going to make money with this, but like, what is our intention with that and our vision and mission is really be a, a cause-driven company that's mm -hmm. going to give back to the, the things we feel like are changing the world and helping people heal from mental illness and, and traumas and find a way to get off of our cycle of, of Western medicine that really is not very forward-thinking in helping us get healthy and, and prevent preventative medicine and long-term longevity. Yeah. It's really... It's kind of sad. They're not preventive. It's big pharma and big food. They, they're businesses. Yep. And the reality is we're a bunch of gerbils out here. And if you're not cognizant of what you're intaking, intel or food or whatever, you're the, you're the gerbil. You're the, yep. the test dummy on, you know, what they're profiting off and of. And there's where social media can be good. There are some people out there that yeah. you should listen to that are telling you. And it's not, oh, that's fake news. No, these guys are, they're breaking this stuff down and giving you the input on what's in that bottle that you're grabbing from the store and drinking like every day. Like you should be aware of what's in that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you, I mean, cause we didn't grow up with social media. Was there one thing in your life because you talk a lot about awareness and intentionality. That'll probably be something close to it. I'll title this whole podcast. Um, but was there something, one instance in your life where like the light bulb clicked on and you shifted the way you were living on the daily? Um, you know, I wouldn't say I've had a monumental shift just like that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, post-career was really going through it with, you know, when Junior Seau killed yeah. himself, that yep. was like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. I, I'd met Junior, I played against him. I mean, what a beautiful human, like so effusive and loving and like out there. And then to hear him take his life, like, what the hell? Started doubting what I did, like, why did I do this? Is this what I have to look forward to? And I have my hips operated on to repair my labrums and, and avoid hip replacement. And I was just in the muck, like yeah. doing it. And I, and I'd had two kids and I wasn't being, being present for my wife and my family. And then I got the opportunity with Charlotte's web to be an advocate for a natural way to approach some of these things that we were dealing with as former athletes, mainly inflammation, yeah. depression, not sleeping well. And so that was really uh, a big moment when I, when I realized like, whoa, okay, this, this is like 
this is up to me, really. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to have to do this. Did someone tell you that? Or like, because I'm always curious to like the pivot point, because I wonder how humans in need shift over to like the perspective of like, I am going to heal. I'm going to be proactive. I am going to do this. Cause that's, I think that shift is, is magic, but it's really, really hard. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned earlier the ability I had in my hand to like affect people and people want to, Hey, what's up? And they wanted to hear and talk to me or come meet me. And so having the right message to give them, you know, I couldn't be in my basement in a huddled mass with headaches, being miserable and angry and a mudge and, yeah. and then go out and be like, yeah, try this. This is great. Yeah. I'm succeeding. Look at me. And then go back and be, uh, you know, that that's hypocritical. That's not being honest with myself. And it really happened when Nate Jackson, former tight end for the Broncos, introduced me to Ryan Kingsbury, who I just had lunch with before this podcast. And he was working with Charlotte's Web. Okay. Those mothers were fighting against our government to give their children that had severe seizure disorders, a plant oil from hemp. And nobody knew the difference because it was classified the same as marijuana. So everybody thought it was just like marijuana when it had no psychotropic effect. It was just lumped together because it was a cannabis strain. People don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so these mothers, no one was listening to them and it was helping their, their children have like a life, mm -hmm. not be you know, asleep for 22 hours and then catatonic and seizing for two hours and then asleep for 22 hours. Like this is severe stuff they were going through and they were facing persecution. That was what our government was doing. That's what our white men in charge were doing to these beautiful mothers. So they came to Colorado and when no one was really paying attention to them, Ryan Kingsbury said, let's get these athletes that are now taking this. I took it for six months and was like, yo, this stuff's good. Okay. My headaches went away. That first winter on it, I wasn't curled in a ball in pain, needing a hot tub three times a day. I was like opening back up. I was getting on the ground on my knees to play with my kids. It was like, wow, this is doing something to my body that is helping me. I need to share this. So we started talking about it. And the story they started hearing was us and listening and then going, oh, wait, these mothers too? Like, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. And then that's when that, that just exploded. And uh, I feel grateful to have that opportunity, but that's when it kind of was like, okay, if you're going to get out here in front of this, you better be living this too. Yeah. And it, yeah. it still didn't happen. I still was in my healing phase from post-career and figuring out who I wanted to be and who I was. Um, I think it really happened about probably three or four years ago in the like, first part of the pandemic when I realized, okay, I was depressed. Yeah. I was not happy. I was looking for my family, my wife, my friends to bring me happiness instead of focusing it on me. And I, I through the last probably three years, I've really actually flipped that switch to where I know now no one can bring you happiness. We're only in control of one thing in this world, mm -hmm. yourself and how you react to things. Because yep. you're going to be presented with all kinds of shit all the time, mm -hmm. whether it's death, whether it's deceiving, whether it's, you know, Anything, all things can happen and it's how you react to it and how you choose to, to, to learn from it and treat every situation as a learning experience. And so that happened through a lot of different things. Um, to be honest, it's partly the mushrooms, but also the use of some psychedelics and some plants that have been tested through thousands of years, hundreds of years um, to treat, you know, traumas and mental health issues amongst you know, the indigenous and other, other continents. And so I'm, like I said, open-minded growing up as a kid, I knew what 
I knew what psilocybin was. Yeah. I mean, I have cousins that picked it in Oregon, you know, okay. crawled around on the fields and picked them out of <laughs> the horse paddy. Yeah. I, I know this yeah. stuff, you know, I mean, I've been around it. So it wasn't like, what, what That's is that? Shocking. I knew yeah. what it was like. I knew what it was like to, to take them. I'd taken them in the mountains and well, so experienced tell, them. I, well, number one, I wanted for our young people to really notice that like it takes in your forties to really get it figured out. There's so much pressure on our young humans to have stuff figured out. Like in your twenties, you're an idiot in your twenties. Like there's so much you just don't know. Even if you're ahead of the game, you still haven't lived a lot of life. So I always want yeah. like our young people, thank you for sharing that to, to understand, like give yourself some grace. Cause like yeah. you got to go through and navigate some of these waters to get to that authentic self. Even if it's kind of there, you got to circle around, but tell me now, I, cause I'm curious, I was actually supposed to, do um, ayahuasca twice and it didn't work out scheduling. Mm -hmm. And I never even really did marijuana or anything, tequila or was Jameson or Natty Light back in the day. Um, but we got tested for everything as as a uh, collegiate athletes and then yeah. in CrossFit. So like I was constrained, but that wasn't really my space. But I'm super curious of any part you want to share that um, an experience where it really did change you or shifted the path or just your experience on it in general if people are kind of wondering if they're wondering about doing it for themselves. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's a, it's an interesting subject to talk about because of its illegality still. Sure. Yet the research that's being done for a plethora of things that have ailed our society for a long time. Well, psilocybin's almost legal in, or part, in Colorado. It's it is decriminalized. Legal. Is it decriminalized. decriminalized. Okay. There's okay. a big difference. So okay. it's still uh, classified federally schedule one, Okay. but it's decriminalized here. So you can use it. And what's different from here in Oregon is you can use it and grow it oh, and okay. give it to your community. Gotcha. So you can't go sell it for profit and, and it's not legal. Everyone's, oh, it's legal there. And then I come across this with our products with Umbo is like, can I take this and not trip out? I'm like, there's a, <laughs> there's a whole yeah. <laughs> queendom of fungi, an entire queendom with two, two to two and a half, maybe three million different fungi in the world. And we have only learned about a little teeny bit of and understanding that the ones we have learned about how, how useful they are for our health and wellness and how it can help our bodies, uh, it's really exciting yeah. for me to be able to, from the first introduction into hemp and knowing the difference between marijuana and hemp and having to educate people on that, I'm like, hey, try this hemp oil to an owner of a team that I know pretty well in the NFL. That's hemp. And I'm like, yeah, you, this is really good for brain injuries get that out of the building because it was illegal, but it was hemp. Yeah. I mean, good Lord, George Washington and they were growing hemp. In fact, farmers were mandated to grow a certain amount of hemp oh, back okay. before the thirties when they did the whole, you know, did, did, you know, criminalizing and making marijuana illegal. So again, a white man in power. Yeah. And I'm a white man mm -hmm. and I understand this, but a white man with too much power made a decision that affected so many people. that it's like, now we see these things. It's more glaring when someone does that. And I, Although there's still some people that want to follow these dudes doing this stuff. And I'm like, that's why this younger generation coming up is going to, it's exciting to see them step into some big roles with maybe step into their, this conversation, stepping like into this. their father's role that maybe the company, a, a owner of a fi fortune 500 company that is all of a sudden like, yo, why are we putting this stuff in plastic? We could have mycelium bags or compostable bags for all of these Frito-Lay chips because there's a whole lot of plastic when you eat a bag of chips that's left over. Like, why can't we make these companies do it? Because it's bottom line. It's money. Yep. Driven by money is not the way to be, but driven by a cause is. And that's what we want to do here. Um, back to what you asked me. I mean, like, there's, there's 
there's a whole bunch of entheogens that are out there for people to experience, but it's not something to just like, oh yeah, let's go do it. Right. It's intentionality. Set, setting, intention, the lead up to it, you know, before you do ayahuasca, it's very important that you have a clean diet and you eliminate things from your diet and you even eliminate sex, marijuana, overstimulation, social media, like anything that could interfere with what this beautiful medicine is going to do with you and come in and teach you and help you, you know, work through can get in the way. So some people do it and they just purge the whole time. And it's a miserable experience because they never get to get into that spot where you get some, some realizations and maybe some perspective shifts. That was the big thing for me, a perspective shift to be able to go witness some situations from my past as, as, as a video camera on the wall Mm -hmm. or be in the eyes of my child. Okay. When I'm like, yeah. And like this, big man like getting mad at him for something you know like i wasn't i'm not perfect here sure but it put it gave me that perspective and shifted the way i okay holy shit like wow and i'm i'm okay with it i've moved through it i'm who i am and i'm here now today and i'm not going to be perfect from this point forward but i'm going to do my best to always put out what i want to put out so i can receive it back and so yeah there's beautiful teachings there with the medicine of, of nature. I like that. Yeah. What are, like, so if someone is seeking that, what are like, you think their first steps like outside of purge? Like, cause I hear people doing it like in their basement on a Tuesday or this. And I'm just like, I don't know about, uh, I'm here for the trendsetting tip, but I'm also like, yeah, don't go into it thinking that this is the answer. Like okay. just doing this and you're going to be like, I'm all good. Everything's better because yeah. the life still goes on. There's still traffic. There's still bills. Sure. There's still that boss that you just don't know how to get along with. But know that it'll give you tools and give you uh, different perspectives to work through. That you know, it's not just a one one time and fixes all. Sometimes right. it is. Okay, it can be. Okay, um, I, but I'm not the I'm not the 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 one to really like know everything about it because yeah. I only know my experience. Sure. And everyone's is different, and I'm not one to get up here and, and prophetize about. Hey, this is the answer. But when you're getting results back helping alcoholics mm-hmm. like not drink at all again with just one session of psilocybin with some nature and some music mm-hmm. like that's huge yeah like budweiser doesn't want to hear that right <laughs> neither, oh, for sure. neither do do the big alcohol company big alcohol does not want to hear that when you do this you don't want to drink anymore because if you look at our society's problems most of them can go back to alcohol sure the bad things i did in my life the times where i was like god damn it i wish i was i was drunk yeah and so, yeah, I don't drink anymore. I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't drink as much as I used to. I'll have a glass of red wine occasionally. Yeah. Very like once every once in a while. Yeah. That's it. I don't, yeah. I don't want alcohol. I don't need it. I, I'm present. I'm here. Life is amazing without it. And it actually depresses me and makes me feel well, really. Well, it is a depressant. Quite yeah. Literally. I mean, even <laughs> shifting the way I in, indulge it too. Like if I get a glass of wine handed to me by my wife, I'm like, thank you. And it's like, this is, this is love. I'm going to drink this and enjoy every sip and drink this enjoy, not to enjoy it, but enjoy. Then it enters my body differently. That intention you said is so big. Even eating a donut. Yeah. I eat donuts. <laughs> I mean, you gotta live a little, listen, man. Like, I also think it's good to disrupt the system. Yeah. You can't be too clean all the time. Of Any good athlete will tell you this like eat paleo, eat clean, but then like eat a pizza on Sunday. Like you gotta keep your But system. if you go grab that donut and you're like, I don't need this, I shouldn't eat this. This oh, is yeah, gonna go yeah. straight to my hips. Yeah. I'm just like, oh God, it's gonna make me feel then it's gonna do that. Like yeah. this and this may sound wacky to people, but you know, it is it's we pray. Religious people pray. Mm-hmm. 
I pray every day too. I don't sit with my hands crossed and like, dear Lord, but I send out prayers to people I love. Mm-hmm. If I'm uh, indulging in, in, you know, some marijuana, I'll send a puff of smoke out to everybody I love. And when I take that, I'm taking it not to fix everything. I'm taking it because I want to be in presence. I want to be in, enjoying this. Or if I have a glass of wine, I want to drink it in, in good company. And so a lot of what thought we put behind things is really powerful. I mean, Absolutely. listen, I didn't do what I did and have the ability to, to, to almost win a national title, to get one step away from a Super Bowl, to have people come back from 28 points down. And it wasn't all me, but I know I was a catalyst behind that. I didn't do that without the right thought. And right. so that's really been a, a huge thing for me. And even how I speak, you know, how you say things about your body. Like I have a toe that bothers me once in a while and this thing I'm dealing with with my neck. But instead of like saying, oh, my, this goddamn neck and my toes just screwed. Yeah. And then, you know, you're, I love you too. That's what's happening, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know, when you give plants love and you play them good music, yeah, yeah, they yeah. grow better than when you spit at them and yell at them. I and mean, it's, it's just proven. Yeah. Whether you want to believe it or not. Well, I mean, everything is energy. I always say, because on Tumor and Tequila, we're here for the woo. I like card readings, intuitives, like all the energy. And anyone that's uncomfortable with that, um, usually it's my fellas. They're like, ah, yeah. what's the science? I'm like, well, you know, if energy can't be created or destroyed, that's physics. So if that is more digestible for you, knowing that it's like physics and basic, whatever. But like, if I'm doing this, I feel the heat and it goes your way and you feel the heat. Like, yeah. it's science or woo or whatever, it's all kind of the same. Like, however you want to brand it is totally fine by me. Just understanding that we can acknowledge that it, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we're the same as all of this, which just matter. Yeah. yeah. And it all, this will disintegrate into dirt and sand, just like we will. Yeah. But the soul <laughs> and the energy will go somewhere. Yeah. That goes somewhere. And and that's been a big a learning part too, of, of definitely one of the most profound lessons I've learned is the fear of death mm-hmm. and how stifling and, and debilitating it can be for people and how death can rip people apart, families. It can be a horrible, horrible situation when it should be celebrated, the life that's leaving us, the soul that's going on somewhere else. And so through my journeys, I've learned that, you know, I'm no longer fearful of, of death. It will be an easy thing when it happens. It's just, you're gone. Yeah. I'm not in this body anymore. But what I was fearing was life. Like I was fearing like, damn, I like this song. I don't want to get up and dance. People might think I'm silly. Yeah. Now it's like, Phew. I'm going to get up and dance. Let's go. This is my, this is my jam. You know, <laughs> yeah. like if you're looking at me and you're judging me and going, look at that idiot, then you got to look at yourself because yeah. I don't, I don't care anymore. I do care because I want to put out the right message and love, but yeah. I don't care if you're going to think about me in an adverse way or something silly. Like uh, it doesn't bother me anymore. Well, it, it used to. It doesn't matter. It used to. Yeah. Big yeah. time. So fearing life was really something that I am still working on, yeah. you know, to get over that and, and, and. Jump in. You see people that, that have a real zest for life. Oh, yeah. They don't miss it when it happens. They're in it. Yeah. And they, you look at them and they vibrate differently. Their yeah. energies are different. And so, yeah, we can all reach that. It's just you got to let go of some of those you do. societal expectations and Well, all you got to know crap. that you're wrecking. It's that awareness piece, though. Like you got to see that that is impacting you to unpack it and then move differently. Yep. Did you have, like, coaches or someone helping you with this language or – awareness because no. some of this is pretty hard to navigate on your own yeah i mean i've had a few people a few teachers that have come through okay. my life and i've read a few books that i really enjoyed sure. i've had a lot of great friends that i've connected with deeply on a deep level um that have become some of my dearest friends in my life in just the last three four years yeah um, that are always there to, to to throw something new at me or to listen to me and and help you know make meaning of certain things in my life yeah 
So yeah, I'm always, you're always, you know, it's, it's just a constant learning process <laughs> and like to be, be a happy learner and to just take what life gives you and not, Oh, poor me, but uh, like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's okay to go poor me and be cry and like smash something, but then like get it out and move, let that be the next awakening or next rebirth. Yeah. Do you tell me if this resonates at all, but, um, you're kind of saying before we've got choices, the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, yeah, I was making conscious, choice, conscious choices and I'm intentional. And do I really have that much control? Like, I'm wondering, like, in retrospect, I'm like, God, thank God it worked out that way. Or thank God this happened. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm like, do we really have control? You got to show up. But like, I don't know. What do you think? Um, Yeah, I don't think we have control like we like to use the word control. Yeah. Uh. But I do believe, like I said, you can control one thing and that's yourself. Yeah. You really can't control anything but that. Yeah. Uh, when I'm driving, I'm in control of my car, but I can't control the guy next to me in the next lane. Yeah. Or his tire falling off and I got to swerve. Like I can only control what I'm doing. And so you really can only control your reactions to anything that happens. Right. And I think if you put intention and the right, uh, the right you know, thought behind what you're doing, that you can't control it, but you can open yourself up to receive yeah. these things that you have called forth in your life. And you notice it when little things happen. You know, like if I think about the other, the other day, um, my brother texted me. And so my dream last night, I was with my brother. Okay. And so I, it happens a lot. And so I feel like those are little signs. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time. That train goes across there all the time. Like, well, not when I just told my friend, you know, I haven't seen this train in a while. And then you go out there and there's the train. Like, is there something going on? I don't know. I like to believe there is Yeah. rather than it's just, well, that's just the way life is. Like, no, that's not. I feel like you are in control, but you also can feel a little more like you have larger order something, something going on when you're more aware and you're, you're seeing the signs and you're, or you're aware of the connections and you pick up on the little things that happen in your life uh, that most people just glaze over and don't, don't pay attention to. Totally. Do you think, tell me if this resonates is a little bit random, but do you think in some way you've, you know, from early on, you had like this, this, uh, intentionality around like leadership or taking responsibility. You've kind of had these opportunities to be on a platform. Do you feel like you're a little bit more protected because you you're willing to step into these roles and then be responsible for what comes? Cause not a lot of leaders can do that. They'll, they'll walk up and want the spotlight and do the things, but when responsibility comes around, it doesn't really, they flee or it doesn't happen. And that to me, that's the difference between good and great is the ones that can walk in it and continuously, like you don't really have to keep being a voice for anything. Yeah. I think these opportunities keep coming around. Yeah. You know, I met Del Jolly through Charlotte's web because Nate introduced me to Ryan and we did that and we helped heal a lot of people or helped a lot of people get better, feel better, live better. So this opportunity came through that where Dell and I started talking about functional mushrooms. Like, yo, there's an entire fun fungal queendom that we have here that Eastern and Chinese medicine have been using for centuries to treat all sorts of different disease and ailment, ailments. Like in Japan, they use turkey tail for breast cancer and they have polysaccharide crestin that is now a pill that they prescribe to their cancer patients. And so the research has been done and is being done. And these organisms have been around since the beginning of time. And I believe that they know us so well and they know everything because if you just go look at what's down there beneath us, that mycelial network, 
the mycelium that spans the globe and is underneath the ground that communicates and shares knowledge and helps this tree get better when it's lacking nutrients. It takes it from this tree and passes it through a single hyphae, single-celled organism to this other tree. So they know everything about nature. And so when you're getting into this and feeling like, <laughs> where am I to go? I believe that I'm being not led by them, but I know that I'm on my right path and I feel almost like protected by them in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything can happen, you know, but I feel when you can live without fear and and pursue and have passion and understanding behind what you're presenting and bringing to the world, that then that really resonates with people. And it's harder to not listen. Um, as I still come across people that don't want to listen and actually like, wow, okay. Um, but part of that too is living the life that I, I want to live. Like I'm not going to sell you functional mushrooms if I'm not functioning. Right. I'll be right. 49 later this month. I still play handball with 25-year-olds. Yeah. I still compete with them. I run around. I'm moving. And 10 years in the NFL. I'm so, yeah. I mean, I'm sore afterwards, but yeah. that's good. You know, yeah. like I play pickleball. I'm still active and I don't ever want to not be active. And so believing that I'm going to live a long time and believing that I'm not going to have to have to worry about these things we're being told that we have to worry about when we've had head injuries and your body and you're going to have arthritis and you're going to, well, what, let's figure out how we cannot. Right. Instead right. of just accepting like, oh, shit, here I go. I got to go get my brain body assessment so that I know how much brain cells I'm losing. Like, let's, how about we try and see if we can fix that problem? How about we use this just address it as a way. tool to like, not go down that path, flip the narrative. What's yep. the status quo? I don't like the status quo. Right. I want to do, I want to start a new status quo. I want alternative medicine to be like, yeah, broke my arm. Got to go see my alternative medicine doctor. He's going to do that. Who's your doctor? Oh, this lady that has an herb garden and extracts <laughs> yes. all this stuff in her backyard and gives it to me. And I'm healthy and I'm vibrant and I'm full of life because we're taking nature and putting it back into our bodies. I love it. And nature is grown by the sun and the sun is our eternal source of energy. So yeah, there's, there's a lot to this and it's, uh, I don't mind stepping out in front of these things because they work and they help me. Yeah. If they didn't, I wouldn't. Yeah. And, and also with being able to provide a product that's really good. Yeah. And it's got what it's, what we say is in it and it's grown and extracted right here in Colorado, our new tinctures. I mean, it's, so tell us, we have, we have, we're going yeah. to Umbo because this is kind of like the leading point. Uh, I think it's fascinating. It's local. You're genuinely an ambassador and, and bleed the brand. And I know you're like, it's not a brand. I'm like, I get that. No, it's a brand, great brand. Brand is cringy. Influencer is cringy at this point. But it's <laughs> but if you bleed it, it is what it is. Like I have no problem wearing my t-shirt everywhere because like this is this is the purpose. This is the intentionality. This is what it is. Um, and embracing that is a thing. But I also like when our influencers and leaders are. It's still a little cringy to them because it does, it's not about you. It's about the purpose. Anyways, I'm excited about this. Tell us the difference. So before we get in between functional mushrooms, like uh, edible mushrooms and then the, the psychedelics yeah. just so we're clear from the get-go well there that's good three classes uh you know psychedelics we talked about we mentioned was mainly psilocybin although the amanita muscaria is being used to have some not psychedelic effects but you know some positive effects with people who are microdosing and using that so we're just learning about this whole entire queendom i call it queendom because yeah. i believe like this is kind of like our mother this is like the beginning of organisms. This is why carrots grow is because of mushrooms. And so all of this comes from this queendom and we're, there's the psychedelics, which everybody here, when I try to give them a bar or like hand them some mushroom products, they're like, Hey, can I take this and go to work? Like, yeah, we're, I'm, 
we sell our bars and we'll start in January. We'll be selling them in REI. I mean, this, I'm not going to hand you psychedelic bar here at the Denver Broncos training facility. I'd be foolish. I'd go to jail. Um, So there's those which have shown to have a profound effect with mental health issues and dealing with depression, anxiety, PTSD, addiction. And and we're just doing the research now. We're, We're having to do the research, which to me is futile. Yeah. It's a waste of money. It's like, People, step into this. Do you need to have 10 doctors tell you? Because for 20 years, your doctor never told you about this. Now you need your doctor to tell you because he didn't know Jack before this. Mm-hmm. Now you want him to give you a prescription? Like this is time, time-tested, time eternal. It's been here forever. Right. And so there's those. Then there's gourmet, which, you know, shiitake mushrooms, oyster mushrooms, uh, criminy little mushrooms, white little mushrooms, button mushrooms you buy at the grocery store. Um, but there's a whole lot more, you know, you can forage for them here in the Rockies. One of the most prolific areas in the, in the, in, on earth with the amount of like diverse mushrooms that grow in the Rocky mountains right here. Okay. So you can go out certain times a year and find edible mushrooms. Again, not, this isn't child's play. This is, you know, don't go pick a mushroom and eat it. Yeah. I don't do that ever. Even if I know what it is, there's some I know for sure, but like most of them I'm checking with a few, you know, very good sources, mycologists, people that have been doing this for years to sign off, say, Hey, that's good, but don't drink wine with that because you'll oh. get an upset stomach. Oh, okay, cool. It's really tasty and yummy, but don't mix alcohol with it. Okay. Good to know. You know, there's, this is, this is really uh, complicated stuff. And what we're doing at Umbo is trying to simplify it to okay. make it easy, which is functional mushrooms. And you go into functional mushrooms, like, what does that mean? Well, lion's mane is a gourmet mushroom and a functional mushroom. I say, I've seen that at natural grocery. And lion's mane there, also, yeah. what they've done with some studies, it actually has the, close to the same effects that psilocybin has minus the hallucinations and okay. the hallucinogenic effects. So it still does that same like neuronal projection into areas of your brain you haven't touched or and, and neuron the neuronal pathways throughout our whole body is it better if you eat it raw don't like eat mushrooms raw i mean not even lion's mane or no. the ones oh, no mushrooms raw no mushrooms raw don't put raw mushrooms on your salad really the the one thing we have to fight is people saying oh i got a tummy ache when i ate mushrooms well where did you eat them at the salad bar there's a, there's an enzyme called there's a, a compound called chitin okay. in every mushroom and chitin is in our hair and in the um, exoskeleton of mollusks and invertebrates. Okay. So it's, we can't digest it. We don't have chitinase in our enzymes in our stomach to break that down. So then when you eat raw mushrooms, there's just this glob in there and you get a stomachache. Oh. Always cook your mushrooms. I've, how yeah. have I never heard that before? It's just, I mean, you can eat little hair. bits raw if okay. you want, but I wouldn't because oh, interesting. you better to cook them and break down the chitin that frees up the beta glucans, which is one of our markers for testing potency right now. Okay. As we're coming across a bunch of polysaccharides, a bunch of different, you know, different compounds in these that are, it's mind boggling because when we first started with hemp, there was like 25 compounds and then there was 60 and now there's a hundred. Okay. Reishi has like, that we know of right now, 500 different compounds in it. Okay. So this is real advanced stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, you get into like into the weeds, no pun intended. I love it. I'm 40, I'll be 49, but my kids, they know about this. Like they're the future. Like my kids will have a job because of Umbo. Yeah. That's what Dell and I really wanted to is like, what are our kids going to do when they're 25? Oh my God. Be yeah. work at a hotel. Like, oh, what are they going to do? Well, what do they want Let's to do? Let's start something <laughs> yeah. that they could jump into marketing, yeah. sales, 
even like breaking down the compounds, get into the chemistry and the biology behind this and understand what these compounds do for us and the diversity that's provided to us through these mushrooms. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've just, we've scratched the surface. We've just barely scratched the surface right now. A whole entire building, a 20 foot floor building made of bricks. We've only maybe discovered half of the first floor. Right. And so like future generations are going to get to the second floor and then the third floor and not only what it does for our health and wellness, but what it can do for Mother Earth as a micro-remediation, micro-filtration. There's also textiles you can make out of mycelium. Okay. And there's all kinds of stuff happening. But again, it's going to take time yeah. because the powers that be want you to buy that plastic that breaks in sure. two years, so you buy more. So it drives that, that machine. And so things are changing, though. Yeah. And it's exciting to step in front of it and to be a part of this as a lot of people are, a lot of, a lot of individuals are talking about it, but most of them are talking about psychedelics, which I, 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 that's your own personal story. Sure. Functional mushrooms. There's no barrier to entry. There's no hallucinations. They're completely 100% legal. I'm selling food with our bar and this drink. They're food. Yeah. It's food that you're not putting into your system for years with mycophobia. We eliminated them from our diet. Right. So this is just reintroducing a food group back into our systems. Amen. And benefiting. Yeah. Well, and I, it's been around again. I think our younger generation, especially markets like Denver, Seattle, New York City, yeah. LA, like people know. I, I know. I told you other brands that I was familiar with ten years ago. Um, they were kind of doing something similar and navigating, and they were on like the edge of breaking down doors. Which I think it's cool that you guys are a little bit later because they've already like broke down some of those. Yeah. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just differentiate yourselves and. Uh, be more intentional. And I love that you're really heading towards athletes and athletics. I haven't seen any other brands do that. And I really think our athletes and our former athletes are the ones that need it the most because one side there, their bodies are broken out, whatever. Also, our athletes usually tend to be future leaders in some capacity. Yeah. Parents, coaches, um, CEOs. Like I think that mission-driven high drive is always there. So if they're going to be out there leading people, like let's get them on the trend-setting tip. Yeah, they real. can go that route, but a lot of them can spiral down too Absolutely. because it's hard to face life when it's not as grand as running out of a tunnel at, at Broncos Field. You know, like there ain't nothing really to compare to that. But when you find something you're passionate about and when you can help people, for me, it's amazing when I get an email back from somebody who's like, my God, I'm sleeping better. Yes. Thank you so much. I am getting a full night's rest using replenishing sleep. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like, oh, all right. It matters. My job's- It matters. I could quit right now. I'm just fine. No one's calling you saying thanks for running through the tunnel. Although I, I hear you. I got to put that to my list. If I can't do that, we'll get these. Um, but real feedback, if you know me and you know Tumor Tequila and K.O. Alliance, my company, um, you don't see a lot of brands on my socials or anything. I'm When I have a fan of something, you know I'm a fan. Uh, but I've tried, I've taken the um, sleep capsules for three nights now. And you know I wear double trackers. I was going to compete a couple of years ago. So we started as an older person, nice. started to navigate all the angles. <laughs> and then I got addicted to the Intel, which isn't also my personality, but um, I had measurables of, of noticeable sleep change with REM sleep was, was better. Deep sleep was better. So that's cool. Wow. And then the bars, um, I did tell them like, they're actually good. I've had tried every consumer package good really that's out there, especially in the bar space. And some were pretty good. You know, you're, you know, you're eating a consumer package good. It's not like you're picking fruit off a tree. However, Salt, it was savory and sweet, tastes good. Um, there's sunflower seeds and macadamia nuts, and it's really good. And I'm training for this marathon thing, which is a whole other podcast. Uh, if you put it in your bag and it's warm, it can squish if need be, it doesn't melt. Like yeah. it's it's very functional as far as packing, which is a big deal. So I love that you guys in REI because I actually think that market, which I wouldn't have initially thought 
until I was doing things is a great one for because it can get smashed or beat up and chocolate's not going to melt all over. Yeah. And it's a good chunk of fuel um, on the go. So cool. in addition to the mushrooms, in addition to the Thank good you stuff, for the feedback. Yeah. yeah. You know, we wanted to make mushrooms taste good because a lot of people are like, oh, gave me a stomach ache or I don't like the taste. Well, yeah. our bars taste really good. Not only are they actually good, they're actually really good for you. 2,500 milligrams of five functional mushrooms in each bar. That's 500 milligrams of five different mushrooms. When you maybe drink a coffee product, you may be getting 25 milligrams, 25 milligrams. And the recommended daily dose is 1,000. That's what they're saying. So So the bar's not even that big. No. So we we just wanted to set the bar high for these products because we looked at all these products out there from some from 10 years ago and that are... And great. Thank you for being the pioneers to start this, but you weren't really putting a lot of mushrooms in there. And we know now like the consistency over time equals results and putting enough in your body is really important. So we wanted to do that. I mean, we're really excited. These are two of our newest products here, our, our drinks and our, our tinctures. The tinctures are I'm, I grew the reishi, lion's mane, and cordyceps. Yeah, tell us really quickly about your farm. And yeah. I want to touch on Jake Plummer Foundation, too. The Michael Love Farm came about after we started Umbo. I got my Dell, again, Dell Jolly, my homie, who helped me get going in this whole, you know, kind of rebirth and, and getting into the mushrooms. Um, he said, hey, my, my uncle's friend, or my uncle's brother bought a farm in Fort Lupton and it has a mushroom grow. You want to take over it? <laughs> like, sure, out, let's man. do it. Yeah. So I went out there and started way over my head, started growing mushrooms mainly lion's mane and some gourmets. And then I found Shane Schoolman, who is a wizard genius, like not trained in school, but trained through like learning what's what it's about. Like he is a master at extraction. What he's doing is amazing. Michael Heim, who's a forager and a chef who understands gourmet mushrooms and is just passionate about this. We found these guys. And so we've, we started the farm. We started growing more medicinal functional, which are reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane. We tried turkey tail. We have an experiment with getting consistent with that. We're trying to get tremella going. Some of these mushrooms that people know nothing about, but I'm so excited because this is, this is grown here in Colorado, extracted in Longmont, bottled, and we did all the design and package on our charge, which is in the morning, take it. And it's, that's what it does. It charges you up. It's got cordyceps, chaga, and lion's mane in it. And then the recharge is for after you do your activity or in the evening when you want to relax. And it's got turkey tail, tremella, and reishi. Tremella is a hydrating mushroom. Turkey tail is a gut balancer, really good for the immune system. They use it, uh, like I said, for cancer patients. It's huge to protect your cells. Um, and reishi is an amazing calm, calmative for your nervous system. It's like a warm blanket for your nervous system. And we're under barrage outside from all these things. And the, the charge has, like I said, chaga, which is considered the king fungus. It's like a cure-all, can help so many different things. Um, cordyceps, which is a vasodilator, works at a cellular level to initiate ATP, which is my cells need oxygen. Well, they're already ready to, they already have it there. So you'll feel yourself break your personal best, push your wind wall further, um, recover quicker from uh, you know, hardcore like cardiovascular activity. Um, and the lion's mane, which is, you know, neuronal growth and repair for your body um, and inner and focus. And so, yeah, we're really excited about those. And then our drinks, our play and our pause says it right there. I'm going to go play, drink this one. It's got, uh, again, cordyceps, lion's mane and chaga, but also has adaptogens and uh, some, some electrolytes, 500, 5,000 milligrams of electrolytes. And that's from Boulder Salts oh, right cool. here in Boulder. Okay. Yes, so another great company. 
Um, but it's beautiful things, four grams of sugar. Okay. And it's not, in, it's not added. That's just what's in what we do with 10% of that is natural fruit juice that we add to coconut water and uh, a formula that we created with, through a friend uh, that wanted to get it into a bottle. So we're like, let's do it. And then our paws has reishi, turkey tail, and tremella. Again, you need to replenish those salts. People are understanding salt better and electrolytes. Yeah. Like you need to put that back in your body so that your body, your cells are, are, are hydrated. Wait, salt dehydrates you. No salt hydrates you. If you do it right, you eat the right salt. So we're really excited about this because they're low in sugar. They're all natural. There's no, no fake fillers. There's nothing but natural, real products in that. And so we'll see where it goes. I'm excited. It. Yeah. I'm excited too. I, yeah. think it's, I think it's super <laughs> interesting. Have you ever done neurofeedback? No. Okay. I think you need to do that. It's really, I've done two different brain maps. Um, most of the stuff I got into it cause it was clients, but it was awesome. Cause I was an athlete. Long story short, you can do, I'd be really curious if you did a before and after main uh, brain map and then did neurofeedback and notice if there's any difference taking these, like a very small basic study, but yeah. I'd be curious just, just to see. I know Sean could probably help me oh, with yeah, that. For sure. And yeah. We've been wanting to yeah. do that. It's just a matter of time, but yeah, yeah. in time we want to do that with, with certain, uh, athletes that want to get into it. Yeah. I know there's a whole entire group of former athletes that have had their baseline done for yeah. the concussion study. So I know like where they're, they're tracking their markers and stuff. And when we can introduce these products to them, which some of them already have, I'm excited to get the feedback back of how the, where, where maybe they were going along at a steady pace, maybe they spiked in some areas. So obviously data is important, for sure. but I am less about that and more about how it makes me feel totally. and experientially what it does for me. And I just know like, I'm not only feeling better every day, but I'm also putting into my, my mind and my thought of like longevity. Yeah. My body functions better. All my bodily functions and systems are, are functioning at homeostasis. So I'm not spiking my adrenals and my endocrine system way down or my, I mean, I'm, I'm balanced. And when you're balanced, you burn less energy to function. Mm -hmm. So I feel energized all day. I'm ready to go to sleep. I turn the light out. I go to sleep. I sleep. I dream. My dreams are amazing. That's why I think your dreams are when you go, instead of going left, you went right. Well, yeah, yeah. when you, maybe where you would have gone left, that's what your dream is. If you <gasps> would have gone right? left, this is where it's you like, would have gone. Listening? I don't know. That's it's hilarious. also fun to, under, to try to like imagine, but yeah, we're, we're real excited. Thank you for having me, you know, to, for trying the product yeah. and sharing that feedback. feedback. I don't get behind anything unless it, it really works. Good. And so this is something I believe in. And it's not just this, you know, you're obviously active. Mm -hmm. You watch what you eat. You probably watch what you, to. you're attentive to what you watch, yeah. how you speak, who you hang out with. Like a lot of this goes into, into that. Like if this can make you feel a little bit better though, then you'd go to yoga or you go on that hike because you're able to. And then yeah. that is just one more step further that, that, that snowballs into more activity. And once you start moving more, you know, all those ailments, they can go away. Yeah. You know, depression can be cured just through nature. We're finding out. You can just be in nature and feel better. So it's exciting. That's I'm, I mean, it's, <laughs> the, well, the potential for impact is huge. Touch on us really quick about um, Jake Plummer Foundation. Yeah. That started long ago when I first started playing ball. It kind of fell off. I wasn't doing a whole lot of stuff with it. I was having a handball tournament for a few years where the money would go into the, the, the foundation. Uh, but we put uh, the Jake Plummer Foundation on there. Part of the proceeds will go to the Jake Plummer Foundation. And that gives me a chance through that foundation to really make a difference with humankind. Let's be both yeah. humans and kind help humankind. That gives me 
the ability to help and, and, and to get involved with whatever I want, really. Um, most of it will be doing some research, whether it's on functional mushrooms or through Unlimited Sciences, uh, an organization that Dell Jolly helped start um, that's, that's doing responsible research on psychedelics because it's not stopping. This is happening in our country where psychedelics are being used for mental health, but it's how we do it and making sure that it's done responsibly so that the stories coming back are not of that one story of horror that keeps somebody from finding relief from something or maybe just approaching that and, and, and going after like feeling better. I can't say this cures anything or takes care of anything, but it can give you the hope that you need to approach life to make things better. And really, it's not what we want is yeah. to know that there's something out there that if we try, it can maybe help us feel better and function better and live more fuller lives. That's really what's behind this whole vision and cause. There you go. Just yeah. open-mindedness where it kind of all began um, to a better way. I mean, it's, yes. it's that simple and yet that complicated all in the same thing. Uh, final question that I ask everybody that comes on, Jake, what is success to you? Oh, wow. Um, success is being able to go to sleep at night and know that I did my best, that I had a good day. It doesn't mean I built a building or I accomplished every goal, but I just, I had a good day. I left people lighter. I walked the earth in, in grace with, you know, love for humankind. I think that's success. Because, uh, you know, you can measure my success from years ago, 17 years ago, like, oh, and people, oh, you're still living on that. No, nah, I've moved past that. Yeah, That was just a stepping point into what I'm really in here in this world to do. And that's to to share things like this, to go and share what some people may want to learn about, but their circle doesn't, doesn't want them to, or they don't feel comfortable in their circle talking about it. But uh, to find the curious individuals, that's really fun. Yeah. And so success is, is uh, yeah, just being present, being here in this moment, because I can't do anything about my past and I can't do much or worry about the future. But what I can do right now is so important. Um, and it's a daily challenge, Absolutely. three kids, a wife, <laughs> a family that has their own deals. Like it's a challenge, but you know, with the tools, with the belief that everything is here and happens for a reason. Um, you know, I like to go to bed at night going, Oh, hey, good. I had a good day. And, and part of my day is pursuing joy. Hey, even like, amen. this is joyful to be able yeah. to talk to you and to share and like, Likewise. go play pickleball, go get on my bike, go eat good food, you know, like find joy pursue joy, yeah. you know, especially this time of year, you know, joy to the world. It's Christmas time. <laughs> it's like, lot, oh man. my God, you better make lot. sure you set aside some time for joy. And that may yeah. be just playing Yahtzee with your kids, Yeah, but drop everything and yeah. fall into that joy. That molecule is so good for you. Yeah. Even if it's just 10 minutes a day, it can change your life. And so I've put a real, you know, passion towards that. Like I go home right now, I'm going to either go to yoga I might go dance with dance a friend. Yeah. I might go get on my mountain bike to just ride for 20 minutes. I might go just sit by the creek and go, wow, man, it's so beautiful where we, yeah. we live in a, a, a country where we're not being bombed. Yeah. We're able to go drive around freely. We are blessed. This yeah. is a beautiful place to be. Amen. 
Vitamin J, joy, go get it. <laughs> um, I love it. Where And there's so many things, just that conscious appreciation. And everything you give, I always like to remind people, it's about giving, serving your purpose, living a life of service, doing this. All that, all the things you can do for your mental health, the way that gives back to you and that chemical reaction with your body when you do show up for someone else, to me, yes. there's like nothing else that is as important as that. Generosity. Facts. We're in REI because I gave bars to my hey, handball buddies. There you go. And one of okay. them's wife worked at REI in Boulder. And so. Strategic partnerships. Never sleep <laughs> on it. But the cat, and, I mean, the social, like that's yeah. so part of it. You're just showing up. And so it's so non-agenda I, it's those are the magic moments when yeah. the universe shows up be um, open to receive yeah yeah where where do we find you instagram's websites hit us yeah with it. uh you can find me at snake plumber on instagram um snakes takes on twitter i'm not huge ton active on there but we do throw out information and our podcast for umbo at get umbo g-e-t-u-m-b-o um and that's at Michael Love Farm is where you can go see what they're up to to try to be, you know, be a supply to grow and extract these mushrooms and give them to companies and, and provide them to more and more people. Love it. Um, so that's where you can find us. Boom. What, yeah. Real quick. Why did you choose Umbo, the name? Uh, Dale came up with that. Umbo has a lot of different meanings. One is it's the very top of the fruiting cap of a mushroom, the very tip oh. top. Okay. So we have an Umbo in our eardrum. I found out like the, it's a point of it. Uh, one of our parts of our eardrum and then on a shield the boss in the middle the little the little part that sticks out that's yeah. the umbo oh. so anything that kind of sticks out or is like protruding or, or like the top of something so hey. that's the umbo I'm here for this. See, yeah. intentional. I knew it wasn't going to be like, I don't know, we were drunk one night and wrote it down and <laughs> you'd be surprised some business I've worked with, but that's very cool. Well, I appreciate your time and energy. I, I love that you are clear on this mission and you're here to serve and make the world a better place. That's what we need at this day and age. So go check these guys out. They're local. My Denver humans, we got to support the local fam. Go Broncos, of course, yes. but we're here for our good humans doing good things. Thank you. You too. You're yeah. doing good things to bring awareness and to just as an educational tool, if someone might've heard something today they can use, that's doing that's a great job. Keep it up. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, thank that. You. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining turmeric and tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Yeah.